Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cheek, and today with me, I've got uh, what a, a couple of what I call fellow front stretchians uh, from frontstretch.com. I've got uh, Brian Nolan and Michael Massey. Um, say hi, guys. What's going on, party people? And that would be in the words of another front stretcher, Mr. Davey Siegel, but uh, thought I'd <laughs> use that phrase. Adam's always good to see you, buddy. Uh, we're doing this via Zoom, so I can legitimately see you instead of just see <laughs> and hear from you. But it's always good and always seeing the, the goofball that's on the bottom of my screen with the mullet, Mr. Mr. Massey. So it's, it's good talking with you guys. I always enjoy uh, chatting it up with you, too. Yeah, that was Brian talking right there. This is uh, the mullet man he's referring to, Michael Madden. Mm-hmm. And it's good to be on here. You know, I... Somehow got to the top of the list of, you know, esteemed celebrities that, <laughs> has, you know, just just vowing to do this show. Um, so I feel honored. All right. So, um, of course, we're recording this on Tuesday, which there shouldn't be too much of a delay in it going up. So the championship finale at Phoenix is still fresh in our minds. It was uh, to run through everything that happened. Championship finales at Phoenix this year because. Uh, they switched it up from Homestead last year. Phoenix is usually the penultimate race before the season finale. It still feels like there's one race left to go. Uh, I'm still used to that Homestead schedule. But starting off, I want to get all of our thoughts on kind of Phoenix as a racetrack as the season finale because I saw pretty much everything on Twitter about, you know, it, it was a boring race. It was a fun race. The championship four dominated, which they did. They, they were one, two, three, four, pretty much the entire race. And I don't know, it, it's probably because, like I said, I'm not used to the Phoenix as a finale thing yet. And also the fact that it's, it ended during the daytime still because it's on the West Coast. The time they started, it ended at, I don't know, four or five o'clock on the West Coast. And it was nighttime here, which it usually isn't Homestead or at this time of year. So it really doesn't feel like the season's over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Massey, go ahead, brother. I was just going to say, you know, it feels like we're still waiting for Homestead uh, just because they ran Phoenix the same week and we're not used to having the season end this early, a week earlier than it normally does. Uh, I think Phoenix is a good racetrack. I, I love Phoenix. It's, it's very unique and certainly has its spot on the schedule. Um, Homestead was pretty great, though, because – it provided multiple lanes where guys could really duke it out. Yeah. Uh, but also it's right there near Miami. I mean, they call it Miami, even though it's like 45 minutes from Miami. Um, yeah. But, you know, guys can just, after the season's over, they can go relax with their families at the beach or something like that, which I guess they couldn't really do that as much in a pandemic season anyways. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Phoenix wasn't bad, but, I kind of miss Homestead. Yeah. It was definitely different. Um, like, like Massey was saying, like I, I, we, we entered this chat saying, all righty, it's Homestead week guys. And then we're like, wait, no, <laughs> no. So, so it, it definitely feels a little different. Um, but I mean, we need change now and again. Was it the best race? Obviously not. Um, but was it better than let's say like a race like Michigan or something? Obviously. I mean, yeah. it's not, quote unquote a short track but it was still it was still beaten and banging and I mean it was it was exciting um obviously the finish was not what we expected we expected a late race caution but you know it is what it is we can't always have what we want at every given race but 
Um, overall, champion was crowned, and um, we're just going to have to live with it. Sometimes you get a stinker. Um, yeah. and if, under the old system, it still would have been a stinker because Kevin mm-hmm. Harvick would have clinched after Texas. Exactly. Mm. Long format. So this season was kind of just destined to be, you know, have a blowout. But also, um, it's not the same Homestead we remember, though, because mm-hmm. we're thinking about Homestead 2018 and before where we had a lot of horsepower and guys could sling it in there. Uh, but now, you know, last year's Homestead didn't have the same entertainment because of the low horsepower package where it's tough to pass. So I think regardless, the championship race wasn't, wouldn't have been that great. Yeah. Yeah, It definitely would have been different. I don't think it would have been as exciting as like the past, but I mean, Homestead always has good racing, but I mean, if, if I just second guessing, should we go to Phoenix again over Homestead? I'm still going to lean towards Phoenix. I mean, just because I, Phoenix invested a whole lot of money in it. It looks great. The racing is pretty good. It's not best, but it's pretty good. So um, I, I'm I'm okay with going to Phoenix right now. Yeah, and I'd be I'd be on board with. I know some drivers said they're on board. Some of them haven't been as enthusiastic about rotating tracks as a season finale, which I think would do a lot of good to change up. Like, I I don't think the variety should be too widespread. Like you know, a road course as a finale wouldn't feel right. A super speedway would end up with probably the five cars in the fence by the end of the race <laughs> with that, that level of desperation. But like those, the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenixes, the homesteads, um, maybe even going so far, my home state bias is leaning in here a little bit, but maybe Richmond or I don't know. Uh, I think rotating the finale might be a really good, aspect for NASCAR to look at, maybe not implement yet, maybe give Phoenix a couple of years, but I think it, it would be worth NASCAR looking into to maybe change things up a little bit. I think they're going to switch it up. I mean, honestly, Phoenix, I think part of it was Phoenix got it because of the investments that they did. They inserted hundred something million in their infield and then they got new bleachers and everything. And you, I was looking at, look what, Atlanta's doing they're getting a casino right by it so I mean we could see Atlanta possibly host it um uh auto club is switching into a short track could we see Hollywood uh as the final race tons of celebrities come to the series finale of uh, the season finale I definitely think NASCAR has definitely been thinking about that um obviously Kansas has a casino right next to it I mean lots of lots of uh different options for NASCAR to go to if they want to rotate it around We'll have to see what happens, but I think for at least next year, I think they're going to stay with Phoenix above them yeah. and beyond. It's up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, well, you want it to be kind of like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where it rotates to different venues, but the Super Bowl also doesn't go to all the NFL stadiums. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to take the Super Bowl to Lambeau Field because little tiny Green Bay, Wisconsin, couldn't handle that. Same way that, that – It would be like 10 degrees, too, when <laughs> – <Super Bowl's laughs> Snow, snow pouring down. And, exactly. But you're also – I don't think you could take the championship race to, like, Martinsville just because it's yeah. – I mean, it would be exciting, but it's such a small place you couldn't kind of – you couldn't cram everything in there. Yeah. And I feel like you gotta you got to kind of pick and choose. You, you, you have the tracks that are too much of a wild card. You know, your road courses, Martinsville, uh, Bristol maybe to some level. Bristol maybe a little less, but – and then you've got the tracks that are – pretty low on excitement your michigans 
maybe Kentucky or Kansas might fall into that category, but definitely the Poconos. Yes, yeah, that that's actually a better example. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I I could see them doing that, and I would honestly be on board with that. Just to you know, you make the playoffs every year from what 2014 to 2019. You know, if you make the championship four, you're going to be there, so you can go ahead and prep. But it's a different year, different track. I feel like that would inject something into the sport that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. We saw it this year with Phoenix. I mean, we never knew what was going to happen, and uh, people thought it would be Denny Hamlin because he had the seven wins. People thought it would be Joey Logano because last time we went to Phoenix, it was Logano heading to victory lane. This is all before the pre-pandemic times. Um, <laughs> and then when it was all said and done, it was Chase Elliott. And, I mean, he, he – he captured the lead uh, on lap 118 or something after competing with Logano and uh, never let go. And he got himself yeah. his first championship. So, I mean, um, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Let's say NASCAR goes to uh, the new short track in Hollywood, formerly known as Auto Club. Now it's Auto Club Short Track. That's a total game changer because that'll be the first ever time that they're going to be racing there. So, who knows? And then got all the Hollywood presence. They got all the, the – uh, uh, abilities to get in a lot more people obviously COVID will be over by 2022 for the love of god i hope so um but <laughs> um we'll have to see and wait what happens but like massey was saying martinsville would be fun but i just don't think there's enough room kind of like Bristol yeah. as well um but i think moving it around i think it would be good um but we'll have to see wait what happens i do think bristol would work for it really because uh, it's it's a coliseum uh, I mean, they had a football game there. They that was cool. All kind of stuff there, which they should definitely have another football game. At some point. <laughs> another yeah. discussion for another time. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think Bristol uh, Auto Club would definitely – I think that's the plan with them spending that money, mm -hmm. all the renovations, making a short track right there at Hollywood, like you said. And uh, that's a pretty good rotation there, Homestead, Phoenix Auto Club, Bristol. Yeah. And Atlanta. Atlanta would be another good one. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that brings me to, Brian, you were kind of going over what happened with the race and everything. And honestly, I had a huge feeling going into championship weekend, like, or no, not going into it, more after it, where Harvick and Hamlin ended up winning 16 of the 36 races, almost half. It just feels like, uh, not not in a bad way towards them, but like, that we they ended up being so much of the focus of the season. Like I was, I was looking at some stats, writing a preview uh, of Championship Weekend. Chase Elliott had the most top tens of the four championship contenders all season long. I think he had like 23, 24, I think, with his win at Phoenix. And it just feels like uh, Logano was won a couple races before the pandemic, and then he was just kind of there uh, until Homestead. He was, or God, okay, Phoenix, not Homestead, <laughs> but. He, he and Kozlowski were just kind of there. They were running really well. And then they, in the end, they, they didn't win a championship, but they made it count by making it to the final four. It was just a very, like, kind of like you had Harvick and Hamlin, and then everything flipped on its head almost for Homestead. It's like, oh, we're paying attention to these guys now that we hadn't as much before. I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, Denny had – a terrible playoffs and Harvick had a terrible round and 
I don't know. It, it's kind of – it's not really specific to this sort of playoff system, though. Like, if you look back 2011, Tony Stewart, what did he do the first 26 races of the year? He was awful. And then he has that Chase Elliott-like run, the kind of run that Chase had in these playoffs, and comes out with a champion. Um, so, ever since there's been a playoffs, there's been that potential for the season to kind of flip on its head and yeah. as the – you saw winning early end up not doing anything. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it reminded me of March Madness, the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter if you're good throughout the season. All it matters is one, one race or one game. I mean, 16th rate UNBC beat number one Virginia, and number one Virginia was above many, many uh, weeks above the number one ranking. Just like Chase Elliott. Sure, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick were the best out of the entire year. But when it was all said and done, Chase Elliott had the best car at Phoenix, and that's all that mattered. It didn't matter if he had the best – if he had the worst car at, at three or four races in which Hamlin and Harvick prevailed. Yeah. He had it when it counted, and Harvick didn't get it done before that, and Hamlin didn't get it done on Sunday. And Elliott took advantage and got the job done. So, I mean, with this system, it's not all about your entire season. It's all about – uh, getting wins when you need to get them at specific times. And uh, it's not really about your body of work. It's right place at right time, to be honest. Yeah. And it's been kind of an on and off thing the last few years with, I don't want to speak for everyone, but like in 2015, Kyle Busch came back from breaking. his like, he had, he won, I think like four races uh, up until Homestead. And he seemed to have the most momentum going in. 2016, you had Carl Edwards out front late at Homestead. Kyle Busch won the championship in 2015. 2016, Edwards Rex loses the championship after looking like the car that was going to win. 2017, Truex dominated all year, wins the championship. 2018, the big three don't dominate, and Logano wins the – or they did dominate, and then Logano wins the championship. Last year, Kyle Busch was one of the favorites, and he ends up winning the championship. It's a very back-and-forth kind of trend, and – uh, honestly, this year kind of this year didn't really buck that trend either. Like Chase Elliott was really good all year. He, I, I just didn't like my prediction would have if I had to like you know rank my predictions, it would have been the other three and then Chase Elliott to win that last race. It's it's kind of been an on and off thing, uh, pretty much every year. Yeah. So with Elliott, the thing I was thinking about was think how good he was when racing returned back in yeah. that, that time. Yeah. He dominated the 600 before Alan Gustafson decided to donate that win to Brad Keselowski. <laughs> Which was generous of him. Yeah, very generous. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Bristol race, which he could have won, and then he dove in there over his head, and him and Logano washed up the track, and, and Chase this, decided to donate the win to Keselowski that <laughs> Again, very Apparently, generous. The yeah. Brad Keselowski Foundation was raising a lot of wins this year. <laughs> um, and so those two races, he was really good. And then there was the other Charlotte race around that time, the midweek race, where he did win it after dominating. And I think yeah. after he got that win, this is just my guess, that Hendricks started experimenting with stuff that would work later in the season. Because then you didn't hear from him for a long time. But then as soon as the playoffs started – they were they were good again. So I think if it wasn't for that, you would have seen more of what he was doing in Charlotte and Bristol earlier in the season. 
Yeah. I mean, even even in that second race at Darlington, Massey, um, he had he was battling, I think, the eighteen Kyle Bush and mm. and uh and ended up not getting the win as well. So I mean he had plenty of opportunities, but I mean thing is for me what I saw from him is the domination that we saw from him when they went to road courses. I mean, he absolutely obliterated the competition when, when they went to road courses and you, you go to the Daytona road course first time nobody has ever been on the track no practice no qualifying and he just dominated it I mean absolutely dominated Charlotte Roble goes there has been there the past couple of times cruised to victory I mean his expertise at a road course is, is unimaginable and um I mean we, we have seen like Scott Pruitt and Boris said the road course ringers oh he's a road course ringer in itself besides a overall good driver I mean he is the guy to beat when you're going to a road course. So I think that definitely was a proving point to me. Um, but I think Mass was on to something. I do think they were experimenting in some races when he was running 10th yeah. to 15th. And he just didn't really have a car to compete with the 11 or the 4 or the 12 or the 22 or the 2 or the 18. Um, then again, the 18 really didn't compete at all this season. But besides <laughs> point. Um, but overall, I do think they were experimenting some. And, when it counted, they got the job done. Well, I think that brings me to with you mentioned Daytona Road Course weekend. Uh, Sheldon Cree wins the truck race. Austin Cindric wins the Xfinity race. Chase Elliott wins the cup race. All three of them ended up winning titles, which I haven't researched if that's the first time that the three drivers in three series that won on a select race weekend ended up winning the title. I'd still have to dive into that. But Looking at the two races before Cup ended its season at Phoenix, Cindric wins the Xfinity race in, I don't want to say a calm race, but it was a lot more back and forth than Cup was. And then in trucks, Sheldon Creed didn't really come out of nowhere, but he wasn't within, I think, four seconds of the lead when the caution weighed right at the end of the race. Brett Moffitt was dominating. Moffitt ends up losing a lot of, like, 10 spots on the restart finishes 10th while his teammate goes and wins the championship. It's, it was kind of, you had one thing happen kind of on all fronts that weekend. You had the pretty straightforward race on Sunday, the entertaining, slightly dramatic, but not too, I don't know, not too chaotic on Saturday. And then on Friday night, just everything hit the fan. It was like this, it was like Phoenix wound down as the weekend went along. Yeah, but that used to be the old saying was that, like, the truck series always put on the best shows. And that was yeah. definitely true this past weekend. Yeah, but, I mean, it almost wasn't that exciting because Brett Moffitt was checked out. And Dawson Cram didn't uh, make a boneheaded move and try to slide into a hole that wasn't there, even though he was several laps down. Then yeah. Moffitt would have cruised to the victory. Um, but even still, with that caution, his crew chief decided to leave him out there where everybody else pitted for tires. Yeah. And Moffitt was not happy about it afterwards and let it be known, which <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about throwing your crew chief under the bus like that, but he's leaving. Um, I guess he feels good about burning that bridge, but yeah, <laughs> like you're saying, um, Cindric, that was, that was a little more back and forth because Briscoe was up there. Algar was up there. Uh, but Ultimately, Cindric was just too fast. And then Sunday, the second stage of Sunday was really good. Mm, uh, where yeah. Kowalski did that slide job on Chase right at the end. 
Um, but that's a situation where Keselowski was really the only car that had anything for Elliott. And his pit crew just had two horrible stops. Yeah. But you got to respect about Keselowski that he didn't throw them under the bus. He saw the bigger picture, realized that they've helped him out a lot over the years, his pit crew has. So he didn't throw them under the bus in this critical moment. Well, first off, um, Brett Moffat didn't throw his crew chief under the bus uh, and, and, and burned that bridge. He, he made that bridge an inferno. I mean, that was, that's chucking his crew chief off that bridge, Matthew. I mean, good God. I, I don't think you could go out a uh, more salty way. I mean, we obviously now know that relationship is beyond repairable. You, you can put stitches, a Band-Aid, whatever. That wound is still going to open up because, wow, um, those were some very harsh um, <laughs> words after the race. But Keselowski said it best. He says, we win as a team, we lose as a team. And uh, we just decided we just lost as a team today and we'll just come back next year. And um, they, were, they were really gracious with how they lost. And credit to them. They're professionals. They know how to do this. But, I mean, still, they lose uh, one of the biggest opportunities they could to win a championship. And, um I mean, we all know that they're getting up there in age. I mean, Keselowski and Logano have one, and Hamlin's in his 17th season, and he still hasn't had one. I mean, still he's got three uh, Daytona 500 wins or two Daytona 500 wins, but Pretty still that, that goose egg on uh, the championship. So, I mean, still gracious in defeat, but um, it was interesting. Like Massey said, that second stage was great. Third stage, third stage kind of tailed off, but um, – yeah, the trucks and Xfinity, they were down to the wire, and while Cup was just kind of smooth sailing to the finish. And uh, it, it, it was an interesting race. I mean, I thought, it, in my opinion, it would be better. Um, but it was obviously – it was better than what we would have seen at Homestead, in my opinion. So I'm glad it's the change. But, yeah, it was three interesting races. I won't say they were all gr- good or great. They were interesting. Yeah. It, it was – the races all had their, their own thing, you know, it's, Saturday or Sunday was more maybe not strategy so much as just seeing how the race would play out. Sunday had some interest. Saturday had some stuff interest, some interesting stuff. It's I'm tired. Okay. Saturday had some interesting stuff happen. And then Friday, just everything hit the fan, like at the last possible minute. Uh, Both of the first two races went to overtime. The cup race didn't. And all in all, I think it was, for Phoenix, especially, I think it was a successful weekend. Nothing controversial happened. Nothing. The racing was probably averaged out to being pretty good between the three races. It was, it was an entertaining weekend, even though it still doesn't feel like the season's over. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it was your typical championship weekend. I feel like. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember too many. It's not every year where you get this championship race where guys are beating and banging down to the line and close. We've gotten that a few times. I mean, 2016 was insane with the way that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there's 2018 was pretty good with, you know, Truex swearing not to let Logano win the war. And then he let him win the war. He won the war. (laughs) 2017, I think he and Kyle Busch raced pretty hard for a little while. And then he just kind of pulled away. Yeah, and 2014 was really good with Harvick and Newman. Oh, yeah. Ryan Newman going for the championship. So, yeah, you have some good ones. and But most of the time it's just, you know, you have one dominant car that pulls yeah. and 
shows you why he should be the champion. So, yeah, I, I mean, it yeah, wasn't ahead, the best, but overall, I do think it was enjoyable. I mean, there wasn't any holy wow moments, but I mean, it was still, you know, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> and with uh, going off of that, I want to just talk about the entire season as a whole because it's been a season like no other. And I think that what the exponential factor in that for me, and I know I'm sure you guys too, is like being someone that actually covers what's happening. Like not just a fan, you know, watching and it's like, you know, Oh, there's a pandemic stoppage. I guess we'll be back in a month. Like when you're covering it, it's like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. There's always moving parts. And there, there was a lot that happened this year, Brian. I know we had the little document we were working on with every single like unusual and or crazy thing that was going on. And we still got to finish that up, buddy. Yeah, and I don't think we're done. <laughs> We've still got a month and a half left in the year. I, I know, right? Obviously, the pandemic halted things entirely and brought about the Pro Invitational Series, which I which every so much happened since then I barely remember covering because everything happened after that. But it, it makes me wonder if they're going to bring that back at all, like in, if they want to do that in the off season or not. Like I've never been the, the most into iRacing or that kind of stuff. But like when there was like actual drivers involved, I got more, a little more invested in it. And with like you had the Fox commentators doing their thing and, I don't know. I don't know if you guys think we'll see it in the future or not. I thought like the first couple of games, uh, the first couple of races that they did I racing, it was cool. Yeah. And then I it felt like we just got too much of it. I mean, we saw some other races and then it just got too much. And it's just like, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like when you get like, for me, when I was a kid, I had, I had cinnamon rolls like every single week. And then once like I was eating them and eating them and eating them, I started not to like them anymore. And it's taken me a few years, but I started to like them again. It's kind of like the eye racing. I, 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 got, I saw so much of it that I started not to like it after a while. And so if it goes away and then comes back, I may be tuning in. But right now, it's just like, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see them coming back, but it won't be near as big a deal as it was. Because this summer, or I guess spring is when it was, uh, when it, that whole thing started, it was the only thing going on. There was yeah. no baseball, no basketball. Everything was shut down, and NASCAR itself was shut down. But now it's the off season. Drivers want to relax. They want to go on vacation. They've been traveling like crazy this year. Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to get all the drivers to do it. Um, you might get some to do it. Like, I think you just say the word "i racing" and Dale Earnhardt Jr. appears. <laughs> 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 uh, say it three it, times in the mirror yeah it's it's not going to be as big a deal it's like brian was saying it's just the the first one was a huge success and then as it went on i mean they brought back north wilkesboro and all these, cool. all these pretty cool. throwbacks and had jeff gordon and dale earnhardt jr in there and it had terrible ratings so <laughs> i mean it just kind of lost its luster because it's, it's not the real thing mm -mm. yeah and I think the the most entertaining part was like Clint Boyer, just them just letting him kind of go nuts in the booth and being one of the, like the live in race guys or whatever his role was with that. Of course, we'll see him in the booth next year, 
because he and Matt Kenseth and Jimmy Johnson have all retired from NASCAR, at least from full time. And Jimmy will be moving to IndyCar, all this kind of stuff. And that, that'll bring me to, I guess, what this whole season was weird in so many different ways. And I guess it started out, maybe weird's probably not the right word. It sounds a bit morbid, but uh, it started out on not so much of a great note because you had speed weeks. Everything went pretty much fine until the last lap of the Daytona 500 where Ryan Newman gets turned by Ryan Blaney on the last lap, coming to the start finish line, gets in the wall, flips over, gets hit in the driver's side window net by Corey LaJoy, goes 25 feet in the air, and then is medevaced to a hospital. And it took like, I think, a day, a day and a half, but we learned that he's fine. So just the season as a whole started out crazy. It maybe didn't end crazy, but pretty close to the end, it, it got crazy. So I don't know, 2020 has been a very crazy year as a whole, but it just, things just kept happening in NASCAR that it just didn't stop. There was one weird thing after another. I think you could say that about life in 2020. Well, uh, true, true. Thing after another. Um, But I mean, yeah, it started with uh, Newman and then two days later after, or a day and a half, I should say, um, he walked out with his girls holding his hand. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, then you got the, um, you have auto club and the Kobe tributes and everything. And then you go to Phoenix and you have Logano and then everything shut down. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And then from there you go to Eastern Kyle Larson says the N word on an racing slur. He gets fired and uh, expelled or suspended from NASCAR. And definitely uh, then you got the, um, you got the, on retirement, I don't even think he retired, but on retirement of Matt Kenseth, and he replaced uh, the 42. He replaced uh, Larson for the remainder of the season, and then they go back to racing. You don't have qualifying. You don't got practice. I mean, there's so many different things. Um, and then first-time winners. I mean, you had you had William Byron winning his first race. And then who would have thought Cole Custer would be the first rookie to win a race in the Cup Series? I mean, he he got his job done, the 41 at Kentucky, and then. And then the entire season is kind of just based on two people, Kevin Harvick and uh, Denny Hamlin. Seven wins for Hamlin, nine wins for Harvick, and they just dominated. And when it was all said and done, it was Chase Elliott getting the job done. But, I mean, it was just two guys in particular. It was the 11 and the four. Yeah. Yeah, one of the wildest parts was just not having fans, I thought. Mm-hmm. Just, I remember that first race at Darlington when Kevin Harvick won and got out the car, and there's nobody there. You're just so used to – uh, hearing a, a crazy mob of fans screaming or booing or whatever. And uh, I, it just – it didn't even feel like a real race because – but yeah. as the season went on, um, we kind of got used to it, and that kind of became the norm, and they started allowing some more fans. Um, but, yeah, and back to the Newman thing, I mean, that was just a wild turn of events because in, <laughs> in, in an instant he went from – 100 feet from winning the Daytona 500 to having to be rushed to the hospital to a couple of days later, he's walking. He's, all of us feared for the worst. Thank God he's alive. But just the fact that he actually came back and then in May he was racing again. Um, I mean, the season didn't go great for him. I think that was more due to the car. Than yeah. it was the season also didn't go great for Matt Kenseth. And I think that was the car as well which 
We also saw Kurt Busch make the playoffs and win a race, but I think that just shows how good Kurt Busch is. That you know, in Kansas, he's getting up there in age, so he probably lost a step or something. But it doesn't take anything away from his legendary career. Yeah, and with with the whole Newman thing, I've I've often wondered. Well, I often think back to it, and I just that that whole night feels so surreal because. I was, I believe I was writing the recap for that race. So it's basically that happens. Everyone who was at the track is like, they're waiting on hand and foot to hear any news about him. I'm writing the recap and have to kind of carefully word everything, you know, to kind of, we don't know anything yet. And I've often wondered like, how close was it to being worse than what it was? Like, you know, was it an inch one way, an inch another? Uh, But, but yeah, like, Massey, you're talking about the no fans thing. That was when they – it was kind of a split feeling when they came to take the green for that first race back because, you know, you're like, oh, my God, cars are on track. This is – it's finally like NASCAR was, I think, the first major sport back from being stopped due to COVID. But you've got these cars coming to the line. You've got the engines, but you can hear them so much clearer, and there's no one in the stands, like, because – where the camera is you know you're looking down probably about half of the grandstands there's just no one there it's the weirdest thing yeah i think that was most evident probably when you had that awesome chase briscoe and kyle bush duel Uh, at darlington um where you know right after the you know miscarriage um chase briscoe pulls out this emotional victory and normally there would have been fans just going wild especially beating Kyle Busch, they've been going extra loud. But, yeah, um, that was one of those moments where we're kind of missing fans. Yeah, and Brian, did you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, just looking at just the absence of fans, it just felt wrong. I know it was mandatory, and it should be just because of everything. And when you're in a big group of people, COVID is definitely more and more of a possibility, even with masks. But – just without fans, it just felt wrong because fans are what drive this sport. There's no other fan base that can get literally so close. Can you get an autograph from Tom Brady 20 seconds before he, he goes on to the football field? No. Can you, get, can you get an autograph from Jimmy Johnson 20 seconds before he straps into his race car? Yes. I mean, it's just totally different, the, the access you have as a fan in NASCAR compared to the NFL, NBA, college football so on and so forth that being said with them not being at the track it just felt it just felt wrong it just felt there just wasn't that that print that allure and it 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 was needed obviously but it it still was a bummer yeah and with everything that happened it kind of we had basically I, I don't know how many straight weeks it was but it was probably like at least like 10 out of 12 weeks at on some stretch where we had a rain delay of some sort or yeah. weather of some sort pushing things back. And then we had, it, it was like, we were all complicit. I didn't notice, you know, we had like a two month stretch, no delays whatsoever. Every, every day was sunny or at least at most cloudy. And then we got to Texas and they get started. They get, I think 52 laps in. And then it starts misting and it's foggy and it's raining. And they try to clear the track on Monday. It doesn't work. 
We tried to clear the track on Tuesday. It doesn't work. And then we finally get the race in on Wednesday and just felt like we were all complicit and ah, sunny weekend, sunny weekend. And then mother nature remembered that we hadn't had any delays in a while and hit us with a three day delay. And that was just, that was right in the middle of the playoffs too. And it just seemed like a cap on a crazy season and then more stuff happened. It was just one thing after another. <laughs> you could argue that that Texas delay cost Kevin Harvick a championship because they yeah. maybe shouldn't have been out there racing on that Sunday because there was, uh, you know, little sprinkles here and there. It missed, I guess is what they were calling it. And he ended up hitting the wall during that span and ruined the potential for, you know, it's him at Texas. He would have been up there battling for a win probably. Um, so that was kind of the downfall and of his season and of us getting an unlikely champion for an unlikely season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, Harvick's won, I think, the Texas fall race the past two years, so he definitely would have been in, in contention, regardless, even if he didn't get the win, he would have been in contention. But, yeah, I don't think they should have been racing on that Sunday, but um, it is what it is. He can't change the narrative now. Um, so, that being said, um, may it take three days, but when it was all said and done, uh, the Candyman finally broke his streak of winless races and uh, got the job done, and finally – um, but that being said, it, it was a wild four days in, in Lone Star State. I mean, most people were thinking about getting jobs um, by, <laughs> from, on that Wednesday because they were there for so long. I mean, it was like, my gosh. But um, when it's all said and done, the 18 car got to victory lane that weekend. So uh, they were, they were uh, okay with it. And then with just today, even after the season's over, Nothing's done because we just uh, – this This will still be news when this is posted tonight, so that's – I guess that works in my favor. Uh, but Josh Rayum just got sus- indefinitely suspended by NASCAR for posting something on social media that was offensive and fell into the personal conduct thing. It's It just makes me wonder when all this is going to stop for 2020 and we'll have a calm off season going into 2021, which fortunately we already know – on a completely different note, all, most of the moves that are going to be happening from team to team. So there's a few moving parts that are left to go, but fortunately I think it'll be a mostly calm off season. At least I hope so. Well, so that's one of the craziest things of 2020 we haven't even touched on yet is the fact that, you know, the goat Michael Jordan has just decided yes, that yeah. he wants a NASCAR team. So now he's got a basketball team. He's got a NASCAR team. Might as well go try to buy the New York Jets. Maybe he can run them better. All right, that was a little bit of a low blow there, but honestly, <laughs> couldn't, it wouldn't hurt, to be honest. But, you know, not, not the point, Massey. Thank you very much, you little noob. I, I will say some other choice words after this, um, but you know what I'm going to say. But, um, yeah, Michael Jordan coming in the sport, Jimmy Johnson leaving the sport. I mean, just so many weird and wild things. Um, and Adam, it's not going to get any more uh, <laughs> lamer or tamer, I should say. It's 2020, dude. We still got 2020. Uh, we still got two months of this hellish year left to go. So I think um, it's going to still continue to be a little bit rough. Hopefully, 2021 uh, slows the the curve and uh, get back to normal. Hopefully, we'll see and wait what happens. But yeah, it's uh Right now, it's up in the air. Well, and finally, on the note of Michael Jordan and everything, well, it's a co-owned team between Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. 
and Bubba Wallace will be driving. And this year was a huge year for the sport in so many ways and for Bubba Wallace, especially in, I want to say June. All the months are running together. I want to say it was May or June when everything happened with Talladega and uh, the sports show Solidarity for Bubba Wallace. But I just – it's been a really big year for him in so many ways. He's uh, performed better, if I remember right, looking at the stats, um, at least slightly better than he has in previous years. He, he led at Talladega for a while in the fall. It, it's been a huge year of progression for the sport as a whole, too. For sure. Before this year, Richard Petty Motorsports had to really struggle to get him sponsorship. And yeah. then everything blew up this summer. And then he now next year him driving for twenty three eleven racing, it's they they don't have spots to fill anymore. They're they're completely filled with sponsorship for the whole season and then some. And, and that's rare for especially in today's day and age, right? Get yeah. that much sponsorship already, and we haven't even gone on to the next year yet. Right. And so it's cool for him to finally get that opportunity with uh and i think that's part of why his performance stepped up was there's more money flowing into richard mm-hmm. pay Motorsports, so they were able to get him some better equipment through the rest of this season and but next year he's going to get joe gibbs racing cars supplied to that team and it's going to be his chance to he better step up and actually do something in it because uh, you don't get too many opportunities like that yeah yeah i mean uh, he Bubba has, has evolved the sport in not just one single aspect. He's, I mean, he's gotten interviewed by GQ, by Don Lemon of CNN. I mean, the guy's gone above and beyond uh, by Esquire magazine. The guy's been above and beyond and been a great ambassador to the sport, not just on the track, but off the track as well, mo- mainly off the track, I should say. With that being said, he's entering a new team next year that's going to be much better, in my opinion, than what he had before. I think he's going to do very well. I mean, he, he's got backing from DoorDash, among others. I mean, Michael Jordan is not going to um, come in and run 30th every week. No, he's going to run in the top 15, top 10, hopefully top five, and get them for wins. I mean, we saw Bubba run up front at Talladega and at Daytona. I mean, he's good at short tracks as well. Um, he finished third at Indy um, when they were on the Oval. They're switching the road course now, but we obviously he's not the best at road courses. But, I mean, he's good at the short tracks, and – I definitely think it might be a, a little bit of a tough year, the first half, but I think the second half of the year, the car is going to turn around with more experience under their belt for the team. I should say not for him, but for the team, I think he's going to do pretty, I think he's going to do just fine. I think he's going to do uh, pretty decent. Yeah. And uh, I'll make the bold prediction now that I think he wins the fall day Talladega race once they, that team kind of settles in. Because wow, that race is always cool. a wild card. It was this year, like right up until a hundred feet before the finish line and afterwards. So uh, th- that's going to be my bold prediction for next year, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping you're wrong, Brian. I'm hoping that this off season is calm. Yeah. I hope it is too, buddy. I really do because I don't know how much more craziness I can tr- truly take. I mean, I'm exhausted, and it's yeah. not just because I did yard work all day. It's just <laughs> I'm I'm I mean, I talked with both of you guys. I and, and our good friend Beth, uh, one of the editors of Front Trips, I said I don't know if I'm more relieved or more. Uh, uh, saddened by the end of the year because I'm just exhausted. I'm physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted because of how many twists and turns uh, this um, just this season 
took and Ma- uh, not Massey, Adam, you're a, you're a movie guy. Have you seen the movie Gone Girl? I have not. That is one that's still I, on my list too. But I and Massey, surprisingly, the non-movie guy out of those two has seen it. And I am a movie guy. <laughs> well, compared to, I mean, Adam is the is the guy that I know that has watched more movies than any other human being in the face of this <laughs> earth. So, um, but with that being said, it, this season reminds me of the the twists and turns in Gone Girl. There's so many twists. There's so many turns, and you don't know what's going to happen next. That's what I felt this NASCAR season was about. I mean, there's so it was just it was just so many different paths that they took in. I mean, seven eight months. I, I don't even know these days. It was just it was just craziness. Yeah. And do do you guys have anything for 2021? Like predictions for how the season's gonna go? Anything like that? The, the bubble thing is gonna be my only thing. I'm not gonna be wrong on too many levels. I don't know if you guys have anything you're really confident in for next year. I I don't want to say this because it's going to be I, – I could it definitely could be wrong, but I think Kyle Larson will go to victory lane in the second race of the season at Homestead because he's a great r- racer at Homestead, loves that track. I think he gets the job done at Homestead in the second race of the season. Yeah, he's won there in Xfinity. I don't see why exactly. – and he likes to run the wall there. Bingo. Yeah. Everybody's got him penciled in, it seems like, to win that Bristol dirt race. Mm-hmm. But I think it takes Larson a little – I think he wins, but I think it's not till right before the playoffs because usually it takes, you know, a driver and a team a little bit to gel. And Christopher Bell is going to beat him out in the Bristol dirt race to get his okay. first win in that 20 car is my bold prediction. And uh, uh, they, they had a pretty great battle at the Chili Bowl. Like, it was earlier this year. It feels like three years ago. But – I would love to see them, you know, trading first and second back and forth for like 50 laps. That would be incredible. Absolutely. And as far as the Jordan team, I could see them winning as well. And, but I would say it would have, they would have to put a serious effort in for that team to not be worse than the Charlotte Hornets. So (laughs) it's automatically Michael Jordan's (laughs) best team. (laughs) Rip. Well, um, to kind of wrap anything up, uh, do you guys have any uh, – do you guys want to plug your Twitter? Do you guys have anything you want to promote that you're doing this offseason or anything you do other jobs-wise other than Front Stretch? Uh, for me, I host my own podcast, host of Sports Talk with Brian and TB. You can find that at Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at the Brian Nolan, B-R-Y-A-N-N-O-L-E-N, and then every – it will be every week now. It, uh, usually during the season, it's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But it will be every week now. You can check out uh, a little weekly podcast we do for FrontRace.com called Stock Car Scoop. Uh, it's all the latest in the world of motorsports, mainly NASCAR. Um, so you can check that out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just go to FrontStretch.com. So those are my plugs. Massey, do you got anything to plug? Yeah, I got a couple things I can plug. Uh, you, you can give me a follow on the old tweet box at <laughs> M underscore Massey 22. And you can look for an article from me this Friday uh, called Fire on Fridays. I write that every other week. And this week I'm going to be – actually, this is the last one of the season. But this week I'm going to be bashing uh, the championship race as it is, as the way it's tended to be the past couple of years. So give that a read. And then this coming Monday, um, my iRacing League for media members and NASCAR crew guys, even got some NASCAR drivers in it, called Monday Night Racing. 
that kicks off on Podium Esports. You can watch that on Podium Esports, Monday night, 9 o'clock. Nice. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Adam and Cheek. I will be doing uh, my movie NASCAR crossover, whatever you want to call it, column. Uh, hopefully weekly now, outside of maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas, because those are both on Thursdays and no one's going to read them on those days. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be – I did a project way back in June where I tried to f- dig up every single NASCAR movie theme paint scheme that ever ran. I'm going to be doing, like, a few articles ranking them and stuff like that. I'm going to try to do some interviews. Um, of course, the Kevin James show on Netflix is coming out next year. I might try to maybe get an article about that, hopefully maybe an interview. Who knows? Um, I, can, I have time to send out emails now, so uh, I can – work with that uh, but I'll be doing those ranking articles I'm going to try to get a lot of the front stretch staff in on that uh, kind of doing maybe a collective ranking kind of thing and yeah I'll keep doing that I'll be doing I'm still doing news on Tuesdays as far as I know for now I did a couple today and yeah and front stretch will be pretty I guess uh, a a little less active because of the off season, but I think we all need that. And we'll still be publishing content, Massey's thing on Friday, Brian's podcast and everything. So I'm looking forward to the off season. It's given me more time, I think, to be creative with that column. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I'm just excited to rest. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I need a break for a couple of months, man. My gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's, (laughs) it'll be nice. Uh, not having and I say this like it's a, a torturous task but <laughs> not having three races to keep track of and uh, uh, opinions on and <laughs> you know just know what's going on and stuff it'll be relaxing good to just have a weekend off I guess so I think it, it is appropriate to say the 2020 NASCAR season in a word exhausting <laughs> yeah both good and bad ways but exhausting nonetheless couldn't have said it better All right, so, uh, well, thank you guys for joining me. Hope to have you guys on in the future. Um, I'll be figuring out what to do the next few weeks with uh, pretty much every sport's done except for football and college football, but hopefully some college basketball will be starting up soon, and we'll sell some entertainment until we're back in February uh, for Daytona. So thanks, guys, for coming on, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me.